you know, there's this idea of, of this toxic masculinity, but there, there is, there's nothing wrong with, with, with being masculine, but at the same time, to me, that's, it's a power to show vulnerability. Hey everyone, welcome to Wake Dad, Drink, Repeat, the podcast for today's dad. I'm your host, Anthony Palmer. As always, thank you guys so much for tuning into the podcast. Before we get into my conversation with JT Frank, host of the Consequence of Habits podcast, I got a couple of favors to ask. You guys know the drill, but if you could take a second and be sure to rate and review this show on Apple Podcast or wherever you're listening to it and share it with a fellow dad, that would be tremendously helpful. Those two things help to keep this show growing. And while you're at it, you can also make sure that you're following along with us on social media. And you can always drop me a line at today's dad at wakedaddrinkrepeat.com. Let me know your, sh- your thoughts on the show. I would love to hear from you guys. I hope you guys enjoy this conversation as much as I did. We recorded it last week when the world was feeling especially heavy for me. Um, so this this was a very therapeutic conversation for me to get to have. But uh, more importantly, it was uh, just a really enjoyable one. It was one of those ones that I felt like could have gone on for another hour. Um, so I'm going to stop rambling and uh, let you guys hear the conversation I got to have with JT Frank. We're joined today by Dad to Three. He's a veteran. He's the founder of the nonprofit, excuse me, the nonprofit Consequence of Habit. And he's the host of the Consequence of Habit podcast, JT Frank. JT, man, thanks for uh, coming on the show. Oh, man, I'm stoked to be here. This is, uh, like you just said, we're, we're already hitting off. We, we, we had to hit record because we, we, I feel like we're going to have some 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 good stuff here. So um, thanks so much for having me on. Absolutely, man. Yeah, I've been been looking forward to this one for a while. I, um, I think I came across your podcast when um, you had J.B. Hager. Uh, on your show and yeah. uh, he had put something up about it. And I, I went on to listen to that episode cause he's seems like quite a cool dude and um, really just fell in love with, with what you're doing, man. It, I think there's a lot of uh, alignment between where your show is and what it is that your nonprofit does and kind of the, some of the conversations that we're trying to have here on this podcast. So um, it is a, it's a pleasure to have you on. So um before we get too far down the rabbit hole, man, why don't you take a second and uh, bring everyone up to speed on what what Consequence of Habit is and um, kind of just give a little backstory there so we can take it from there. Sure. So so the idea, I mean, it wasn't even really going to be a podcast, to be honest with you. Uh, a little over two and a half years ago, uh, I kind of came to a crossroads in my life where, where I, you know, I started looking at my own habits and where my life was, was heading. And I realized that um, alcohol had kind of played this, has always played a big role in my life. And it really was kind of compromising a bunch of these, these basic things in my life that I think of, you know, everyone has this idea about themselves as a, you know, as a father, as a provider for your family, a, a husband, a son, all these things. And as, as I started thinking about it, there wasn't one of those things that wasn't compromised for me personally, uh, uh, by alcohol. So, um, you know, I, 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 realize that if I didn't change something, I could potentially lose some of these, these things. Alcohol kind of had kind of kept creeping up on me and, and playing a bigger and bigger role in my life. So, uh, I, I made this choice. I, I stopped drinking and, and I went, you know, that was a journey. And, and, uh, about a year after I did that, um, I happened to have a studio in my basement. I was doing a podcast for, for a, a larger company and Which, was- nice, uh, studio wall, by the way, I'm, I've got a lot of podcasts having me going on as we're sitting here talking. So it's it's funny. Well, well this, this wall has come up more times during podcasts where people are like, "Dude, that's uh, that's a legit wall." Uh, full transparency: these are four by eight sheets of almost like a cardboard that I got at Home Depot. So this is this is, this is not real, but well, it looks um, fantastic. So that's all that matters, right? Um, 
So I, I went down to my basement in the studio and I just started talking about the habits and these consequences of, of our habits. And, you know, at least, you know, being curious about, is this something that has value to my life or is it something that is kind of keeping me from becoming this version of myself that I want to be? And, and I, I started talking on, on, you know, I put out this recording and I started getting this feedback from people. They loved it. So I, I said, well, I can only tell my story so many times and it's going to get boring. So I started reaching out to other people and, you know, say, Hey, I've got this platform. If you want to come on and talk about your, your experiences, your life. And since then it's, it's been awesome. It's been awesome. You know, it's, it's crazy. And you, you may, I'm sure you've experienced the same thing. It's, it's crazy when you put something out there and you're kind of a nobody in this world of, of, you know, podcasting and people agree. They're like, yeah, I'll do it. JB Hager, JB, guys do like 10 million downloads. I mean, it's, it's unreal. The amount of downloads that, that, uh, he does on on the move, and I'm a stranger. I reach out to him like, "Hey, man, I love what you guys are doing on the move. I think it's great. How'd you like to come on?" And he goes, "Yeah, I'll do it." I'm like, wow. Well, and what's what's mind boggling about it is, and it's funny because I after you had JB on your show, and I, I reached on the same day, I sent you a message and I sent JB a message because I'm like, I that dude, same same exact thought process of like that dude feels a little inaccessible, but like, sure, hell. I, you know, I've talked to a lot of people that have felt inaccessible to me, but I got them, you know, and, um, it, and he was like, right on, let's do it. So I'm, I'm currently, I'm working on, we're working on getting a date scheduled with him because another great fatherhood story and all that. But to your point, I think people appreciate an opportunity to talk about something outside of what they are always talking about, right. To show that next layer of the onion. And, that has been, we, we were talking a little bit before we started recording, but like, that's the most rewarding thing about this, this platform for me. And it sounds like probably for you is to get this chance to hear these other, to hear these people's stories and to talk with them. Uh, I, 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 it's not a joke, but I say it on the show that fatherhood is, is the great equalizer. So whether it's you're Craig Melvin um, or you're, you know, Christian Vandeveld or, you know, anybody else that we've had on the show, like we're all here together because we're all stumbling through this journey of fatherhood for us on my side of the show, you know, (laughs) figuring it out. Right. (laughs) Like nobody's a professional. We're just all figuring it out as we go. And I think a lot is kind of what you're saying too, is we all have these struggles, these things that we're working through towards goals, whatever. And that, that is a very humbling experience to know that whether you're the most successful person in the world or whatever that uh, a challenge is a challenge right yeah 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 and i think there's yeah, i think you're right i think there's there's a lot of similarities in this in this thing this challenge you say like fatherhood and and uh and we'll get into it but even my journey that had a lot to do with the whole fatherhood side right that yeah. would that was a huge huge part of it for me personally so uh yeah you get to a point where you know, i talk i talk a lot about doing something bigger than yourself and if you know, being a dad is is certainly, you know, first and foremost on that. Like you're, you're, man, you're responsible for other people's lives for a good part of my life. <laughs> right? I can barely get my own shit together. So to to have to worry about others and 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 show them a blueprint on how to do things, man, that's a huge responsibility. It is, and I think it um, it ebbs and flows. I mean, you you've got three kids, man, and they are. I had it up here. Ages. Uh, 
How old are your kids? I'm sorry. I thought I had it here. <laughs> no problem. Man. I got uh, 20, 22, 16, and 12. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, I had I had three kids and I had those written down, but I also had five written down somewhere in there. I don't know why. So I was just making sure. <laughs> but but yeah, man, I mean, that's a, that's a stretch and you, that's, that's not an easy time of life for, uh, to be raising, to be raising kids. I mean, that, it's never easy anyways, but then you throw in a pandemic and the vaccinations and masking and going back to school. And, you know, you're, you don't live in the South like I do where it's a, you know, a, just a freaking shit show right now, the whole thing. But, um, it's, I'm feeling very overwhelmed as a parent right, <laughs> right now. <laughs> well, it, it is. It's hard because everything changes. And to have to have a reliable source of information to make these these decisions that have repercussions, I mean, huge repercussions. And then uh, you, you find out not long after that this source of information that you're kind of relying on, well, they don't have it quite figured out yet either. So it is a really yeah. precarious time to to try and guide people when, when, you know, the sources that, that you're going to are, are constantly shifting and changing and, um, and it just feels like it never ends. Right. Well, and then I think you, you put it well too, of, you know, that you're the, you're that defense mechanism, right? Like they're, you're, you're responsible for them. They are reliant upon you. And, uh, that pressure of having to make those decisions. Um, and we're, you know, I'm not necessarily just talking COVID I'm talking just life of the impact that you have on those people, on these people that you're raising that are yours. And it's, it's, um, it's a heavy burden to bear. And I think it's, I forget who I was talking with this about recently on an episode, but, um, yeah, I look, I look back on 2020 and this, pressure cooker of a situation that we were all in of being home with our kids more and being around. And like, it was a wonderful experience. I think for a lot of people at times it was, there was challenges and whatever, but those, um, it made me very grateful for those opportunities that I get with my kids, you know, and to realize just how fleeting they are like that. It's, it's, we're, my daughter's in just started fifth grade and my, uh, my little dude's still in, in preschool, but, um, you know, I mean, it's crazy. I I'm struggling to think that my daughter's going to be in middle school next year, man. It's like, I don't I, I remember dropping her off at kindergarten. <laughs> you know, like it was yesterday. <laughs> I moved my oldest into an apartment, uh, outside DC yesterday, literally yesterday. So, um, Oh my gosh. Yeah. 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 So I get it, man. I completely, I mean, my wife and I were driving back from, from the DC area and we're like, I can't even wrap my head around this right now. I mean, it's, it's mine. Yeah. That's crazy, dude. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's yeah. crazy. <laughs> so how do you, um, how do you deal with all that? So, I mean, let's just, let's, let's kind of go right into it with this idea of, um, what you guys are doing with, with, with your podcast, with your nonprofit, the things that you're thinking about just as a human, when it comes to, you know, prioritizing mental health, prioritizing the, um, environments in which we put ourselves in, we live, whatever, like none, we're always subjected to all of these different things. How do you, how do you handle that? How do you share that, those struggles with your kids and the growth opportunities there? Well, 
I mean, they've been, you know, this, the, the whole thing of, of, for me with, with the, the kind of looking at my relationship with alcohol and, and, you know, figuring out how I was going to navigate that, that was a really kind of a precarious time to be, be a father, right? So, yeah, I would imagine. Um, you know, your kids, your kids look up to you. They, you at least you hope they do. And your mom, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> And, and they think you've got it figured out. And we, this goes back to the COVID thing, like that you're who they're looking to you and, you know, if your wife or partner or whoever. And um, so, so to, to come to a point in your life where you're like, Hey man, there, there's this thing I, I don't have full control over and I got to do something. Like I don't have the answer. So I actually have to try and find some. Um, that's a, that's a really strange position to be in, in front of your kids. It's a sense of vulnerability that you're not used to showing in front of sure uh, kids. So, you know, my oldest, I mean, my wife, my kids have been a huge support uh, throughout this entire process to include the podcast, to include the nonprofit across the board. Um, you know, all starting with, with me was, was the, was the, the alcohol thing. Um, and it, I was super nervous even about putting that stuff out there because it's kind of a line in the sand. You're really setting yourself up like, hey, if if I don't follow through with this after I mm-hmm. see this, man, those repercussions, uh, they're going like, to, they'll be telling their therap- therapist about this, you know, 20 years from now. So yeah. like, uh, that was a big, a big thing for me. Um, and so, you yeah, so like I started going to meetings and you go to meetings at night, right? Most of the time for me, I was going at night. Uh, when I see meetings, I'm talking about like a 12 step kind of meeting thing. And you can only go to those so many times at eight o'clock at night before even your youngest kids would be like, the hell's what are you like? <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sure I haven't been in meetings before, but I'm pretty sure they don't always have an eight o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> Something's up. So, you know, it was, a, it was a discussion I had with my wife and we sat there like, all right, I'm going to kind of come forward with this stuff. Uh, and you know, I think if, if anything, uh, you know, you, your worry about things is, is usually way worse than, you know, the reality yeah. of things. And, and there's a lot of, I think there's a great teaching lesson to anybody and it doesn't matter what, whatever it is for an adult to, to still show this, this, uh, this level of vulnerability and to say, like, I don't always have, you know, my shit. Well, I mean, you wouldn't say shit, but I don't always have my stuff figured yeah. out. And, you might. <laughs> and, and, you know, I got, I got, I have to seek help and I got to do something about it. So whether that's in the mental health space, whether that's, I mean, it could be anything, right? I mean, you could be trying to fix your car and get in over your head, I guess. But, um, you know, these, for me, I, I take pride in, I take pride in the fact that my kids will look back and go, Hey, my dad said he, he couldn't stop doing this thing. And he did something about it. Um, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I'm not, I, I don't mean to interrupt, but I, I think that there, I, that is such a huge thing, the vulnerability piece and the, and the letting your kids see the vulnerability. I think, especially as a man, right? Like it, we, we, um, when I started this show, the goal of it was, or our, our tagline was that we were defining today's dad. And we, we would ask all of our guests, their definition of a today's dad at the top of the show. And there was a reoccurring theme there, a lot of this uh, kind of being able to express yourself emotionally, be vulnerable, be able to let your kids see the chink in the armor. I think that it's so important for 
I think especially for our daughters, it's really important for our daughters to see these prominent male figures in their life, be vulnerable, be able to fail, be able to grow, have emotions. Um, Because we, and this is no like slam against our fathers or their fathers or anything like that, but there's much more of a need for that now. I feel like in society is for us to be able to, to be expressive, you know? Yeah, I agree. And I, you can still be very masculine and, and still be vulnerable. You know what I mean? Like yeah. That, yeah. Uh, you know, there's this idea of, of this toxic masculinity, but there, there is, there's nothing wrong with, with, with being masculine, but at the same time, to me, that's, it's a power to show vulnerability. I agree. You know, I, I've had a lot of people say, Hey, I don't want to admit to this because it shows a weakness. I'm like, no, no, no. Continuing to do the same thing over and over. That's weakness. Facing these things, that's, well, that's, that's powerful. That's strength. I think of, um, just because it's timely, um, and, and it may not feel timely when this episode comes out, but, you know, yesterday we, we, a lot of people in the world were watching as Kabul fell to the Taliban and we're, you know, watching all these scenes out of Afghanistan. And, um, it, I had the privilege of having Jason Kander on our podcast. I don't know if you know who Jason is or not, but, um, He's a, he's a former vet. He was the, um, I'm going to butcher it, but I think the secretary of state for Missouri. Um, but phenomenal guy. He was, had his hat in the ring for president at one point, but pulled out because of dealing with some PTSD and was very, um, public about his, his journey with that. And, um, he wrote a great book called outside the wire that, um, everybody should read. Um, but, Anyways, we, we had Jason on the show um, and we were talking to him just about this, just about that opportunity to create change by leading in the, in talking about our emotions and whatever. And I was watching him on Twitter a lot yesterday, just sharing his thoughts on his context in Afghanistan and, and understanding the, what the ramifications are for a lot of the people there and being vulnerable about his emotions towards that and speaking to his fellow veterans saying, you know, now is not the time to clam up, talk to people, you know, stay. Yeah. And and I just, it, it was, I was very um, proud of him. Yeah. Not that he needs me to be proud of him, but I was very proud of him yesterday to, to watch someone like that who has an audience, who has a platform and using it to encourage people to be vulnerable, to be yeah. emotional. And you, you take a dude that is, you know, uh, man among men kind of deal. And, uh, to see him be that way, it's, it's a, it's a very cool thing to, for me, at least it's a very cool thing to see. Oh yeah. 100%. Cause it makes it, it makes somebody seem real, right? It's like one of the things, mm-hmm. uh, you know, talking to people in the mental health space and, you know, there's, there's these expected reactions to things in your life. Like it, it's, it's not a weakness to show emotion over something that that it, it's it's an expected reaction to what's happening, right? To to try and bottle it up and pretend it doesn't bother you. Well, that's that's insanity. That's yeah. like you're. It's the human experience. I mean, everyone will react to some things differently, uh, but to think that you're you know if you've witnessed trauma, if you've you know you've gone through, you know, you've lost you've lost brothers and sisters and you know some of your best friends in the world in, in a country that is now being taken over by the people you were fighting. And it's, that's got to make you question a million different things. Right. So I, I'm, 
my heart goes out to to one the, the people of Afghanistan and and the the men and women that have served there, uh, whether you're military, civilian, whatever it may be. Uh, this has got to be a really difficult time for for those those folks. Yeah, man. I mean, as a as a um, as a c- civilian parent to sit yesterday and and even this morning with my own just thoughts and thinking about the the kids there and just the yeah hope right hope is such this thing that we 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 teach our kids we talk about as parents a lot of just if you don't if you don't have hope you don't have a lot right like there's always that thing to hang on to and i i i it's an opportunity to reflect on our privilege to to look at like man as frustrated as i am right now about what's happening in our country with at least in and i'll i'll make it smaller than our country as frustrated as I am what's happening in the state of Tennessee in Knoxville and Knox County with our school boards, with our, I just am so pissed at what is happening in our schools right now. Everything from what we're pretending that we should or shouldn't be teaching to people wearing masks to whatever, but such a small fucking problem in the big scheme of things, right? (laughs) Like, like it really is a really small fucking problem at the end of the day. If you like to, to think about a country changing overnight to possibly women, not being allowed to be educated anymore, to be able to walk outside of a house without a man anymore to the lives that all of a sudden these people are going to have after having hope, you know, maybe a war torn country for the last 20 years, but, but glimmers of hope, Mm -hmm. um, and it's and it happened again. I mean, this isn't the first time they've right. Dealt with this. Right. You talk about fatherhood being kind of like this this thing that can really bond people. Um, I was reading uh, the Kite Runner, and it, I, I, sh- I shouldn't I should know the author's name, but it, it's I, it's slipping my mind now. But it was a book, and it's you know it's about it's about Afghanistan, and it's got to do with his father and his son, and and that is like this you know, these people went through this before mm-hmm. when, when Russia came in and, uh, and, and, and not necessarily the hope, but the country was one thing and then it changed. Right. And, and you know, what was this uh, country where, where, you know, people went to school and, and it just, it certainly wasn't what it ended up becoming after the, the, the Taliban. And, and then to, to, again, the Americans and, and there's, there is at least some type of hope for something. And to go back to, I can't, right. God, that's just got to be absolutely heart wrenching. I mean, I jumped on the news just before. We, we don't put the news on. Like COVID changed whether we have the news on in the house. Yeah, man. And but my 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 son was playing uh, video games, and I jumped on uh, real quick. And the people are trying to get out of Kabul right now, and the road going in is being controlled. And I mean, they're fighting it out like literally right outside the airport right now. Yeah, I saw one of our big. Um, I don't know what the what the name of the airplane is, but like that, the big, like big Mac daddy dudes, D five A's, those big monsters there. Yeah. Of it on the runway and a whole bunch of Afghani civilians, like running on the runway, like jumping on the wheel wells, like as it's trying to, I mean, it's just that again, that there's a level of desperation. That's a level of hope leaving. Um, And I'm not saying it's, I mean, this is a whole nother, we're, we're running down the thing. I, I don't necessarily think it's bad that we're not there. I think there's a lot of problems that, you know, it, it's, I'm, I'm glad that we're, I think it's right that we leave. I, I think it, this was inevitable and the whole infrastructure, it just is a whole thing, but, um, but God, it just is gut wrenching to just have 
to witness. And, and like I said, it's a perspective thing and it's a, a teaching point is another one of those things that just like watching the, the George Floyd Floyd riots and everything else over the last couple of years, it's an opportunity to talk with our kids about things that are happening about privilege, about things that we just don't even think about that we're, we've been at war for 20 years. I mean, my, my daughter doesn't know that we've been at war for 20 years. You know, she's 10. I mean, she, why, there's no part of that. That's a concept for her, you know, but here's an opportunity to talk about it, you know? Yeah. And can you imagine being uh, 20, 20 years old and this is all you've ever known? Like that's all you've ever known is it? So I'm, I'm not sure how old you are. Um, I, I think I might have a couple years on you. Uh, yeah. um, so I'm, I'm 45. I'm 31. Okay. So I'm 45 and I remember, you know, the first desert storm. I remember that whole thing kicking off. Um, obviously I remember nine 11. I just actually had gotten out of the military and, uh, but to, to, to think that that's all, I mean, that's, it has to seem like not even real, right? Yeah. That's, you know, it's just happening somewhere else. And- yeah. I mean, when we crossed that line of that, there was people who in theory could be serving over there that weren't even alive on nine 11, you know, weren't born by, I mean, that, that's a, that's a crazy statistic. <laughs> that's a, that's a crazy fact to think about, you know, um, yeah. But, oh man, well, we went down a rabbit hole there. So sorry. I just, it's been, that's been one of those things, man. It's been weighing heavy the last couple of days. I feel like, um, well, just one last thing. Can you yeah, go for it? Imagine, imagine the extent that you would go to as a parent. Like you mentioned these people jumping on the wheels of these, these planes. Um, I mean, I can only, and, and this is, this probably isn't even fair to make any sort of comparison, but I can remember when COVID first happened, when it first kicked off and, and being at Costco, and it was like out of a, an apocalyptic movie, you know, yeah. this line and the state police are, are, you know, they've made these, these lines out of pallets, like where you can and can't go. And the state police are all outside and they're kind of, and I'm like, you know, you, you, and then you start looking at your family and you start like, Hey man, we need to circle the wagons here. Like, we don't know how long this is going to last. And, and it, just that, that, that instinct to, to kind of look after your family and, and, um, and then think about them. Like it's gut wrenching. Ah, man, what the it's, hell is well, like? And that's what I'm saying. I mean, the humanitarian piece of it is is horrendous and horrific. But I think when you really stop and you think about it as a parent, it it's it's heartbreaking, man, yeah. to think about just you. I can't even begin to put myself into that situation, you know. And I, and you would do anything. You would do whatever it takes at the, at, to all ends of the earth to try to have a better life for your family. But, uh, I just, it's, yeah, it yeah. sucks, man. It sucks. It really does. Yep. It just absolutely sucks. So, again. yeah, right. God damn. Yeah. Yeah. This is a super <laughs> uplifting podcast guys. Way to go. Um, See you next week. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, there's no way that any transition is going to work well here. So we're just going to move on to the next topic. But, <laughs> So you, you, you were talking about kind of with the alcohol, but you were, you wrote on your guest form, just talking about where you were at a spot in your life where you, you just had bad habits that were continuously compromising you as a, as a man, as a father, as a husband, you said you decided to start making changes and it just, you just did it. So what, I mean, how do you, what, I know you talked just a little bit about talking with your kids about it after you've been at meetings and whatever, but I mean, was it, 
and you have older kids, so it's a little different now, but like, is that something that you feel like they really got to see you moving through those changes? Or is it something that you think was very visible to them? Was it something you were really kind of protecting on the inside first and then going with, or. I mean, they saw, they saw a part, they saw part of it, obviously, you know, there's parts of going through that, that, you know, you, you, you know, th- this whole thing with, with habits, and I don't have the the academic accolades to to really break it all down exactly how it works. Like James Clear's got a great book called Atomic Habits. I, I encourage everyone to yeah. check. That's fantastic. Um, but I can say that for a lot of habits, you know, especially when you start talking about the bad ones, there's an emotion associated with that, right? There's uh, a lot of us don't like being still in our own minds, like it's, there's a million different ways to distract ourselves, whether it's your phone, whether it's work, whether it's, mm-hmm. you know, I start a podcast, whatever it may be. Well, uh, <laughs> podcast, <laughs> yeah, right, right. Uh, you know, I, and a lot of that is because we're, we're not comfortable um, just with, with stillness. And so we start filling it with, with something. Uh, so the, you, when you start looking into that, like what a 12 step usually does, not what it usually does, what it does is you start going, all right, well, why do I feel the need to escape? And I had to look at like, all right, why do I feel the need to escape on a regular basis? Yeah. Um, and that can get ugly, right? That's, that's not, that's not for the kids. Um, and, and I really, I want to, I, I, I want to say that it's not like he, I woke up one day and said, Hey, um, I'm going to change my habits. I still have plenty of bad habits and that process of change, just like anything, um, it's slow. It's a slow yeah. process and there's a lot of ups and downs. It's two steps forward, one step back. Uh, so uh, they did see the alcohol thing because they saw the alcohol thing on the other side. And, and I don't mean that in, uh, you know, I, and I, this is a part where I always try to kind of tread lightly. Everyone's experience is different with substance misuse. Um, I was a guy who liked craft beer. I still like craft beer. My, my sponsor for the podcast and, and I'm happy to stay now sponsor for, for a corporate sponsor for the nonprofit is, is athletic brewing company. That's awesome, and, man. Yeah. Yeah. They're fantastic. It's non-alcoholic beer company and, and they make amazing craft beer. Um, but they knew that was a, that was a big part of my life. Like I was into, I am, you know, mountain biking and rock climbing and, and that kind of, it goes with the territory, man. It's with the territory, you know. Um, no, I like good bourbon. I, I, you know, I don't drink it anymore, but I still like. I can look at something. And go, Ooh, that's that was good. So my 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 kids knew that. You know, they knew that I would go to a distillery if we were um, in Tennessee or if we were, you know, somewhere. Like I saw after these things. So it's, that's a weird thing to have that part of your identity and then to switch it to something else. So my kids certainly saw that in real time. But there's a million other habits I'm still trying to figure out and work on. and But they're all tied to that's And this could be another rabbit hole, so I'll be careful. But, the, you know, that is, <laughs> that is uh, a really important thing. And I think what I'm trying to instill within this consequence of habit thing is, yes, my habit was drinking. Um, you know, the, the, the next person over, their habit could be work, could be sex, could be... Uh, it could be opiates, right? Um, yeah. Everyone has picked their poison and the consequences for those things are, are different. If it gets into some, some things, these, these are, these are life or death, you know, yeah. habits. 
Um, but but all of the other ones, you know, I I people anyone who's heard me before, I joke around about it. Like some people, these bad habits are like you're, you're just getting murdered with a wiffle ball bat, where it just takes a really long time, right? It's just these little chinks in this version of yourself, um, and then we'll start. It will start. Um, um, it it you'll start ticks away over time. Yeah, you start questioning. Yeah. You know, I've always. I've always said like I was really good at, at portraying or packaging this version of myself to everybody else, but that person's uh, that package isn't there at, at you know middle of the night when you can't sleep. So you're a cycling guy, Tyler Hamilton on, and he's like, hey, yeah, man, two in the morning when I was having a board meeting with myself, I didn't like how it was going. Right. So yeah, that's, that's, that's it. Have you um, have you read uh, Stillness Is the Key by Ryan Holiday? I've not. I've read some of his other ones. I actually start every single day with with a couple of pages of the Daily Stoic, and I send it off to to two or three guys. Read it every morning, man. Yep. Yeah, read cool. read read it every morning. I, I got a guy who's kind of well. He's been my sponsor through through my entire process, and every morning at between four thirty and five thirty in the morning, I get a page of something uh, uh, from from a book about you know AA book, and then I he gets him and two or three other guys get something from the daily stoic. Yeah. Well, I'll, uh, I'll send you a copy of stillness. Um, because it is, um, it's one of my favorites of his and I'm, I'm actually getting ready to reread it. Uh, I was thinking I was going to start it next week. I like reading his books like that, like a chapter a day, um, just to kind of rein it in and give some focus. But, um, I, um, I have found myself in the last week being way noisier in my head than I want to be. And, um, and I, I, a lot of it is, um, trying to control the uncontrollable and, um, not being okay sitting in the quiet. And I was, I was thinking about it this morning that I, I'm like, I gotta, I gotta start, I gotta read that book again because I gotta pull, I need, I need some quiet, (laughs) you know, I need to, I need to create that space so I can be a better dad, husband, son, friend, you know, all the, all the labels. Um, and, um, his Ryan holiday stuff is a, it does a really good job of, uh, bringing all that into perspective. I feel like, you know, yes. Yeah. Stoicism played a big part of my, my process and continues to, yeah. um, I've had a couple of stoic authors on the podcast and, and uh, I mean, I'm probably not as, as good of a practitioner as I, as I should be, but it, it's, it blows my mind on how much these, these people had it figured out thousands of years ago and yeah. how the, the human experience really doesn't change all that much. You know? But it's, but you, you even just saying that you're, you're not as good of a, a practitioner of it. It's, I think that in and of itself is what stoicism is that it's more about being the student, right? It's about constantly, you, you fail when you stop trying, you fail when you stop learning. Right. So it's get doing practicing and, and learning are two different things, but you can't, you can't practice without kind of working through the education piece of it. And, and, and in theory, that education is practicing to some extent, you know, it starts to, to seep in. And it's, I, I think it's a huge, um, he wrote a, he wrote a book for kids called the boy who would be King about, um, Marcus Aurelius. And, um, I got it. My daughter and I, she loves to read and we've read it a handful of times together. Um, and it's an awesome, it's really cool being able to share, my love of, of stoicism and philosophy with her on that level and see her wheels turn and her be engaged with it. Um, cause I think it's, that's a great, 
that's another one of those things I think is a great thing to try to instill or show our kids at a young age, this idea of, of stoicism and of learning to fail, how to fail, <laughs> learning how to balance your ego and all of these things. I mean, it's, it's a great, it's a, it's a wonderful teaching tool. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's something I wish I'd been introduced to at a, at yeah. a much younger age. You know, it's, it's much harder to, uh, I, I, I call it debugging your, your operating system than it is just to, you know, like when it's coded, it's coded right. And you haven't, you know, you haven't downloaded a bunch of Russian bootleg movies where now like you're, you're trying to, trying to get rid of <laughs> Yeah. That, that, uh, it makes it harder, man. <laughs> yeah, it's much more complicated. Rewriting it is rewriting it is, is not easy. So, um, to, I mean, I, I I asked you this to start, and then I interrupted you, and we we ran down the whole gambit of everything. So, it, podcast aside for a second, Consequence of Habit is a nonprofit. Tell tell me what it is that you guys are are doing, and and how you're doing it. Sure. So, it, it's an attempt to kind of synthesize everything that I've learned from other people. Uh, throughout the past year and a half of doing these interviews, you know, I had this, this idea of where, all right, well, it's great. Each episode in itself, there's, there's lessons to be learned, but if we're not trying to do something and, and build a better community or take these lessons and do something more with it, then, then we're, we're missing some of the impact I think it could have. Um, so the, the nonprofit itself is the, the podcast will always be an arm of it because it's, it's easy. It's cost-effective. Um, but then we're like, well, what else can we do? And so we're, we're starting off doing these, these community events where we're bringing, you know, we're putting out an invitation to, to anybody. And this could be anybody in the, the recovery community. It could be, it literally is open to anybody who's curious about habits. And we're going to have uh, a speaker come in and they're going to, they're going to talk for a half an hour to an hour. And the, the whole goal is to, is to help people along that process of trying to change um, or to at least spark some some interest into yourself, and then we're gonna then we're gonna partake in some type of service work, right? So we're gonna be doing something bigger than ourselves, being part of something bigger than ourselves. Uh, the first one, it looks like it's gonna be a, a tree planting. Um, I don't know what, what do we call it? Tree planting. Uh, we're gonna be planting a bunch of trees, and there you go. We're, yeah, we're working with uh, University of Delaware to to hopefully uh, hook us up with some trees and some experts, and so we're we know what we're doing, or at least they will, and, <laughs> uh, a couple hours of, of service work, uh, to, to, to give back to the community and then really start to f- connect that emotion with that habit of, of giving back. Because I think it's one of the, it's a super selfish thing, uh, in a weird way. And, and, and you might've experienced the same thing. You know, you talk to people, you take the time, you edit, like a podcast is a lot of work. And you're telling other people's stories, but the feeling that that gives you knowing that that's doing something positive is an amazing feeling personally, right? Oh so yeah, man. It's, it's a selfish thing. And, and it's, um, I want to, I'm trying to not just in myself, but, but maybe others is to connect those feelings of, of doing something, something good, something not just for you, but for others and, uh, the, 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 the great stuff that comes along with that. So um, and then the third part will be a pass through, you know, if, if anyone hears this and wants to donate some large amount of money, what the website will, we're, we're going to 
show the other charities that we're working with. And, and if we have money, then that will go directly towards them as well. So yeah. Very cool. Man. That's, that's very cool. I mean, I think the opportunity to have these conversations and um, to, to share people's stories is a, it's certainly a privilege and an honor uh, to be able to do it. And then to know that it has an impact on any one, let alone any tens of hundreds of people or, you know, whatever it may be, um, is, is a whole nother thing. I, um, <laughs> I interviewed, um, uh, a, it's our episode that actually came out today, this Monday, the 16th, uh, you know, comedy writer, his name's James Breakwell. And, um, he's written a whole bunch of like parenting books from with the, the comedy slant, but, um, he, he's, I think he said in his, uh, in his guest form, that he's a professional faker. And, uh, you know, we were, we were laughing uh, just during the podcast about this concept of, you know, he's like, why the hell does anybody turn to me and read my books about, you know, my experiences as a dad? Like I, I'm not an, I'm not an expert. And I was sharing with him that I, you know, it's funny. I feel very much the same way with this podcast of like, I'm not, I'm not sitting here speaking down from the mountain, like that anybody should listen to anything I have to say. I'm hoping I bring people on the show that have, you know, the ability to make me look a hell of a lot smarter and offer, offer uh, better takes than I'm able to give. But God, I learn so much every week doing this and I'm, I'm so um, inspired and I continue to fail and not do as good as I can, but it, it keeps me hungry to do more. And it's so, spiritually just rewarding to get to have these conversations and share other people's stories. And, um, you know, for the, the times that somebody reaches out and says, Hey, you know, I'm a new dad or, you know, was going through infertility and you shared stories about that. And it was just really nice to have that connection. Like those are those moments where it's like, God, all right, cool. Like we're doing something here, you know? Um, and it, it, it makes me, um, you know, my, my, my daughter comes home from school every now and then, or from being at a friend's house, like, Oh dad, I told somebody that you, you do a podcast about being dads and you should ask this person to be on your show. Like, it's just cool to know that like it, it in whatever small way it has an impact in whatever small way, you know, people are proud of what we're doing here. And that's, it's, it's, that is worth every bit of time that's put into it, you know? Yeah. Those reminders are, I think they're, they're somewhat necessary. They, they have been for me where like, there's times where I've been bogged down and I'm like, God, I just, I'm trying just, just like you, I'm like, I'm trying to balance this nine to five thing, this whole, you know, parenting thing and, uh, you know, being a husband and, and then, you know, this, this thing is time consuming, this podcast thing. And then, Oh, by the way, I'm going to do nonprofit too. And, and uh, <laughs> but then you, you will, you'll get an email uh, or I have where it's like, Ooh, and uh, even if I'm just the middle person in this, like, yep. so guest comes on, they tell their story and then someone reaches out to you. Hey, can you put me in touch with this person? This, you have no idea how much impact it's had on my life. And then to see those conversations happen and God, that is it, you're like, well, that, oh yeah, that's why I do it. Now I remember like, that's exactly why I do it. Yeah, and, uh, It's, it is weird, man. Hey, Cause I, I did read Ryan holidays. Um, which is one on ego. Uh, ego is the enemy. Ego is the enemy. And I did question like, why do I have to be on mic? Why do I have to be the person talking mm -hmm. and trying to get, you know, because along with this comes, 
it, it comes social media, it comes trying to market this and you're, you're marketing yourself, you know, you, yeah, there's course, some vanity to it. Sure. Sure. And then I was doing stand-up comedy before this. So I'm like, why the hell do I like, did I not get enough hugs? Like, and I try and keep it in check. And, and I think my, my guests do a very good job at it because they're, I think just like you, I've, I mean, I've suffered with some imposter syndrome of being on here. And then people are like, man, you're an, you're an expert on having something. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I just couldn't stop drinking. <laughs> it's kind yeah. of, and, yeah. yeah, I'm an expert at how to drink. <laughs> like I'm going to try to stop. I'm really good at that. <laughs> I, was, I was fantastic at that. And, uh, uh, so I, I, I completely, um, and sympathize and get what you're saying with that, with, with how that, that process works. So all these lessons that you're learning and working through and hearing from your guests and whatever, do you find yourself distilling it and passing it down to your kids and talking with them about how, like, is it a, is it a central part of your guys conversations? These, these things about, you know, cause everybody's got their thing, right? So like, <laughs> like yeah. this is clearly one of your things. Do you, do you implement that into your parenting you think, or. I mean, I, I have. Uh, you, you let me know if this ex- you've sh- had the share experience where the, the podcast became so much where I was talking about it. I'm, I'm pretty sure I was talking about it too much. And, and <laughs> so I, I try not to, and some of the stories are, are just too heavy uh, for the kids, but there are, sure. you know, there have been a lot of them where I'm like, Hey, you know, I was talking to this person and this was something. And um, you know, just like stoicism, like, Hey, is what you're upset about in your control? If not, then let's try and like look at that and then realize that you can't do anything about it. Um, so some of it very much so, and then some of it not near. Yeah, it's just it wasn't. It's not a story for for to share with them. But uh, uh, well, I get that. I guess I guess I'm um, I guess I'm asking more on the kind of a thirty thousand foot view of it. Of you yeah. know, as you are this is a lot of this is you as a person, you know, these conversations that you're having that, and more of the elements of them. Right. So yeah. talking through and, and we can just focus in on the idea of habits of uh, mental health of development, whatever. Like, do you, do you find that you, cause I, I and maybe I'll, I'll rephrase the question this way. I definitely feel like I struggle at times with with my daughter of almost trying of, of catching myself having that type of conversation too much, right? Like of try of almost taking any issue that she has or whatever. And instead of, um, I guess trying to do a better job of listening instead of just giving that input back of like, well, ah, I see the struggle there, but is it that big of a deal? Is it real? You know, like yeah. I, I, I'm having to catch myself more and more of like, just shut up, listen, you know, don't, don't over talk it with her, like be there when she needs it. But a lot of times embracing that she's just venting, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yes. Yes. You can, you can, especially when it's not your own issues, it's very easy then to, um, and because it's not minimizing, but trying to change their perspective on things, right. uh, and and sometimes they don't they don't need that. Maybe maybe they will eventually, but certainly not in real time when they're super emotional about something. Because no one's you know, it's like saying, "Hey, just calm down. It's not that big a deal." It's like that's that's. Well, a tough. And I, I gotta imagine that gets harder with the older 
that the kids get. So like, you know, my daughter, she's 10, like the biggest problem she's ever going to have is really not that big of a problem. Right. But like you, or at least maybe it's not that big of a, maybe saying that's not fair. It's not, um, it's not as real world maybe as like the type of problem that your 16 year old or your 22 year old could have. Like those are going to be a lot more relatable to you and being able to have like a real life conversation with them. Whereas like, you know, my daughter doesn't get to bring a poppet to school and it's like, all right, well, in right, what's right. it's a fucking poppet. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> perspective here. <laughs> you, you know, some of the some of the valuable lessons I've learned, and I these are things I you know, I need an, another person to remind me this all the time. And, and this was a conversation I had with my 22-year-old last year. You know, she's graduating, she's graduated college, she's moving on to um you know, a professional career and she's, I mean, she's, she's killing this game of life. Like she's Congrats, wild, man. Right. Thanks. But at the same time, it is this reminder of you're 22. Uh, you don't have a lot of responsibilities right now. If what you're doing doesn't make you happy, then just fucking leave it. Like change, yeah. do something yeah. different. Um, because if there's this perspective, once you get to a certain point in your life and you've got this, you know, this mortgage and, and I, I've heard Rogan and other people talk about this, these, these speeches and they're right, man. Like life is too short to, to not make some, some drastic changes, regardless of what you think that those repercussions going to be in the, in the big scheme of life, we got one shot at this and just do what you're going to do. Yeah. And then I think there's the balance piece of that too, of you just can't quit all the time either. And I'm not saying that's what you're saying, but, but I think that that's a really hard, um, my daughter, I had, she, in third grade, she did cross country and I was one of the coaches for it. And I had this conversation with her of like, we're going to do this for this season. You can hate it all you want and we're still going to do it. Or you can be in the moment with it and, we're going to do it. Like we're, we're going to go to every practice. We're going to go to the meets. What, and if next year you don't want to do it fine, but we're going to give it a good shot. You know, we're going to try it. We're going to talk about the pros and the cons, the happiness, the negatives, whatever. And I felt like it was good for her to stick with it. You know, it wasn't her most favorite thing in the world, but it's given us that teaching point now of like, she's doing this mountain, this girl's mountain biking club called little Bella's awesome. And yeah, you know, it's fantastic, man. And they're teaching them bike handling and all this kind of, so last Tuesday was the first one. It's from five 30 to seven 30 at night. It was fucking like 98 degrees. Um, you know, so I went and rode for two hours with my buddy while she was doing it. I was just drenched. I mean, I was wringing sweat out of my kit, man, just soaked. And, um, we get, she gets done and she's got this huge smile on her face and she's telling me how great it was. And, She's like, you know, I was worried it was going to be hard, but it wasn't too bad. It wasn't as hard as cross country, you know, because we had a breeze and it's like, all right, cool. Cross country was worth it. Like it became this like bar that other things can be as hard or not as hard against. Like that's a win, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, You know, so yeah, you're right. So I think the, uh, with, with my oldest, that was more of along the lines of like what you're doing with your life. Oh no, 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 no. I, yeah, I, I, I'm not saying that that's, I just. But, yeah. but, but but to your point, there is, and this is something I'll ask you is um, that whole thing of doing something hard, like to say physically with it, with your, with your kids. Yeah. So, so um, 
I go to the rock climbing gym a lot. My kids go, uh, my, my two younger go, uh, they've both competed in rock climbing and cool. Her, you know, there's they, my daughter had a coach and this coach doesn't put up with stuff, right? Like she, it's, it's a, it's a woman and, and she, she's very, very nice and she's great with the kids, but she makes them work like good. Work. And it's great to, to a level that as a parent, it's it, there's a role there where I can't, you know, I can yeah. say you got to stick with it, but I could never, my kids would never be as receptive to, to like right. to work that hard. Um, but I think there's a huge value in starting something, finishing it. And then even there's more value in starting something that's really hard and having to finish it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's cause you know, that, that thing of being, you know, comfortable, you know, being comfortable with being uncomfortable is, um, I think cycling is a great, great way of, of being uncomfortable at times and still having to finish stuff. But there's a lot of different avenues, like in the military guys that came from like a wrestling background or like a triathlon background, these, they were all, they were all studs. They're all, yeah. because they, they, they're like, Hey, I've been here a million times before and I'll get through it. Being, uh, being comfortable with the uncomfortable, being able to know your limits, you know, and it's, I was saying to my daughter when we were driving out to this thing last Tuesday, I was meeting my buddy to ride while she did her thing. And, and my buddy, Jim, we've been training partners for uh, 10 plus years, 10 years now. And, uh, Jim is a, a much better athlete than I am. Um, and he's a, he's a phenomenal training partner cause he'll meet you wherever you're at. Right. So, um, but you know, when I'm, when I'm on form, I'm with him. Um, for the most part. <laughs> and, um, but I come from a road biking background. So, you know, I'm, I'm like diva on the damn trail, man. I like right, getting right, right. dirty and shit. Like it's just, you know, so he kicks my ass on a mountain bike on a road bike. I'll, I can, I can punish him. But I was sharing, I was laughing about that with my daughter. I said, you know, you're nervous about this. I got to go ride for two hours with Jim and I'm nervous. And, uh, she's like, why? Cause he's better than you. And I was like, yeah, no, actually, yeah, that's exactly yeah. why I'm nervous. <laughs> because I know Jim will humble me. I know that he I won't have he will not give me any room to slack off. Um, but he'll be a great training partner and support me through it and we'll it'll be fine, you know. But um when we got back to the cars 15 minutes before Anderson's thing was done, we were ready to have a cold beer sitting on the back of the car, you know, waiting to to pick her up and I you know, we get off the bikes and I immediately am giving him a sweaty hug and was like, dude, that was a great hour 45 on the bike. Like, I thank you. Like I needed that today, you know, and it was, we're going to probably ride the same route tomorrow. And I, there's one big ass climb in it that my goal is to do better on that climb tomorrow than I did last week, you know, but that's all that you can do. And then sharing that with your kids, I think sharing that struggle and the balance there is such a it's one of the things I love about sports, endurance sports, individual sports, and being able to share that with my kids is just that you're relying upon yourself. There's nobody else. There's no excuses other than you either got it or you don't got it. And then how you're able to embrace it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, um, it adds a whole nother level when your kids become better at a sport than you are. It's a weird, it's a weird dynamic. <laughs> Climbing, especially like my, my, both my kids have been better than I have, but you know, my daughter being first of, I mean, not just better. I mean, I'm talking 
way better. Way better. <laughs> well, yeah, like we're in, we're we're in two different worlds. Uh, so it is a weird. It, it really is a weird thing um, to see that that take place. But I mean, you'll see it you're with, with with your own kids, and and to see that process of the transforming from from this thing that just starts doing something, and then you know as they continue to grow, and you're like, holy crap, man, I, I'm on borrowed time. I'm on yeah. borrowed time before they're they're whooping up on me, whether it's the bike or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. 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 My daughter does that with, uh, with how freaking she's a smart kid, man. And I, I am, uh, I, I still got her a little bit, but it <laughs> she, very quickly, she is going to start having me on a lot of stuff and it's, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, looking forward to her keeping me on my toes, I guess, all through middle school and high school of uh, having to be be on my shit and know know, know what's going on. <laughs> I've, I've sent uh, things I've written, like resumes and, and things that are going to be in front of people. I've been sending that to my oldest daughter since she was like a sophomore in high school. <laughs> better than I am. I'm okay with that. <laughs> hey, man, you got you to know your strengths. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, uh, let me ask you one more, one more question here and then, and then we'll move into our rapid fire. Um, talk about, talk about the moment you realized you were going to become a dad and how that impacted you and the, the change that that may have created for you then. Oh man. Um, take you back 22 years. <laughs> well, actually not. So, so my, my oldest daughter, um, is, is, it's my stepdaughter, right? So she was four years old when my wife and I got married. Okay. Um, That's my, my daughter too. Okay. So that was a, that was a somewhat, or not somewhat, that was a profound moment in my life because, um, you know, I got out of the military and I was, I thought I had things figured out. Like, so I'm ADHD and the military is perfect for somebody with ADHD because it's this structure and, and yeah, you know, it's like I excelled in it. And I thought I was fixed. Like I thought I had my stuff together. And then I got out and it was a downward spiral very fast. So I have like this year I call my lost year. Uh, And then I moved back East. I was living out in California. I moved back East and um, I'm uh, met up with, with my, my now wife and we're dating and, and, but that's, you know, you're, you're careful in how those things are introduced to a a child. Right. Yeah, man. They've done that. Yep. So we, when we end up, um, we end up getting married. It was, it was, it was a lot. It was, uh, it was most one of the most amazing things in my life. I'm for for you know, one to to be married, and and then also for for my daughter to to be in my life as much as she she was. So, um, that was that was kind of a a, a massive moment. Um, and it's one of those things where you're like, dude, this is happening. Like this is. It's more. It's, it's not about just you now. It's it's bigger. Um, and then my 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 when my daughter was born, my wife and I joke. We always joke around there. I I would compartmentalize things. I'm like, yeah, I you know, I know you're pregnant, right? I know, you, and we're gonna have a child. But it's really like right before the my daughter's born. I'm like, holy shit, man, we got a kid coming. I don't know if you realize <laughs> we got a kid coming. Uh, uh, it's, I mean, it's, I, and I'm sure you've had a lot of other people say this. It's the thing I'm most proud of in my entire life, um, for all my kids. Like it is, um, 
you know, if, if anything you walk away, like I walk away from this, this life thing and look back, like that is the thing I am most proud of out of yeah. anything I've ever done. So, um, yeah, yeah. I would say, I don't even know if I have the words to describe exactly like what my thought process was leading up to it. Um, but you quickly come to realize and going back to our earlier conversations that you'd probably be willing to do absolutely anything for these other humans that are in your house. Yeah. It, um, I met my daughter when she was two. Um, and, um, my wife and I got married when, when Anderson was four and then I adopted her, um, legally adopted her. It was, I believe it was that November. Um, and, um, yeah, I was never been any looking back from it, but it was, it was one of those things where I think I knew because Michelle and I had been together for a little bit and Anderson had been in my life. You know, I, I obviously had a very good perspective and understanding of what that step was going to look like. But, um, I was walking down, Michelle and I were walking down the aisle after we had exchanged our vows and, um, we had never really talked about any of it with Anderson. Um, and she pulls on my, uh, my jacket coat or on the, the back of my coat. And I look back at her and I'm like, Hey, what's up? And she's like, Hey, Anthony, I get to call you dad now. Right. It's like, <laughs> like, yes, you know, like, I mean, but it was just that it was just that again, kind of how we started the show, man. I mean, you, you realize how responsible you are, how reliant these, these little things are on you and the, the beauty of that burden. Um, and, um, you know, I, I, I'm an emotional dude. I cried during my wedding multiple times, but my wife and I did our first dance and then Anderson and I did a first dance and man, I cried like a little bitch boy. <laughs> like I was just, I was just sobbing, um, holding her and dancing with her. And it was, it was, it is a moment I will absolutely never forget. I will always treasure that. Um, so I, I say all that, not that again, it, it's just, it's, it's cool when you meet other people who have walked in your, sh in your shoes through those things, because blended families and are not always the easiest and they bring, they bring different things with them and whatever. But, um, you know, I, it is I was very proud of my son being born and the journey my wife and I had for that. But I mean, just being Anderson's dad is something I'm just, I will always be super honored to have had that, to have had the privilege to be able to come into her life and and do this. You know, it's, it's really cool. Yeah. It's, it's an amazing experience and you're right. There are some, um, I mean, there's challenges, there's challenges that go along with that, but, uh, you know, my wife and I both said like it, at the end of the day, you know, as they, as they grow and they get older and they look back, um, they, that 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 love that you, you show a child is it's they know they know exactly what it is and and uh um i wouldn't change anything Nothing. yeah man yeah i'm with you oh man this has been a fantastic i'm not i'm not ready for this one to end but we're gonna we're gonna jump into our rapid fire here um so i will we'll fire off here with the first question to you what is your uh, and this is a great opportunity for you with with your sponsor what's your drink of choice <laughs> Uh, well, I'll, I'll always go to Athletic Brewing Company. This is 
in advertisement. <laughs> but, but no joke, you guys have been. Um, like I said, I was uh, a craft beer guy. I've always loved it. And when I quit drinking, um, there was a couple reasons that always made it uncomfortable. One, uh, one, I, I wasn't drinking one of my favorite drinks anymore. Right. And I would, and I, so I was always ordering like a seltzer water or something. And then there was the uncomfortableness of being around the same people that, uh, yeah. so they're like, Hey dude, you, you, you can I get you a beer? I'm like, no, I'm good. And then I have to have this conversation. Of like, oh, you're, you're still doing that thing or you're, you know, you're on that phase. I'm like, nah. so it, athlete brewing has always been a, a great way for me. And they're not the only ones they make. There's a lot of different companies making good stuff. Now things are, yeah. The duels are over like those days. Are right. <laughs> um, so yeah, I would go, uh, it's there. Um, I got a couple of them that I, I, I really enjoy right now of, of, uh, but their run wild is always kind of like my staple that I always go to. Athletic Brewing Company Run Wild is, um, that's a for for a quick a rapid question. I should give a long ass answer. So, dude, I we we have joked for forever that our rapid fire section is really called the not so rapid rapid fire because it's never there, there's no quickness to this. <laughs> I, I'm going to rescind my answer. Free Wave is my absolute favorite beer from that right now. Okay, cool. Free Wave, got it. There it is. Um, what's your favorite band? Oh man, that's, that is a, that is a constantly changing thing. You know, I, I, I always grew like I'm 45. So I grew up listening to like U2 and I was always in that alternative when it first came yeah, around, man. Loved uh, alternative music. Um, I'm a kid of the nineties. So I was a big Dave Matthews fan. Always yeah. loved Matthews. My wife and I still like when we're sitting around just eating dinner, we're like Siri, put on Dave Matthews. Um, yep. so I'll probably go with them as kind of as my, my staple, uh, 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 staple band. That's awesome. Man. I love some DMB. Um, what is, what's the most important lesson that you learned from your dad? Oof. Ah, oh, man. That's a, that's a complicated one. <laughs> um, let me answer this. So, I, I mean, I, I mean, I learned a lot from them. I will, I will say this, and this probably ties in to, um, and I, man, I hope this doesn't come across wrong, but we talk about blueprints of being, um, on how to do things, right? My dad yeah. came in, my dad had a really tough upbringing and he, my dad did the, he's done the best he can. Um, but we all learn from our parents on what uh, adulting is. And I, I'll, I'll say that I learned from him that um, just because you do, you, you were shown to do something a certain way doesn't mean that you can't change it. Uh, you can always make change. That's I would say that that uh, was answered with a lot of, um, love and you know gratitude and uh understanding which is a, a cool you know and i'm not saying that in a critical like i just it's oh. I, I when you can sit on that side of it when you can when you can meet people where they are and have appreciation for it that's a huge trait um that we all struggle with i think to be able to do yeah i i'll i'll say this at 
it's very easy to criticize and, and maybe not always, um, I, well, when you, I, I, one of the things of this process is when you look internally, you will find that you have a lot more empathy for others and what they've gone through. And when, like I said, you connect that whole, uh, why we do things, uh, to an emotion and you'll start to realize that, that, um, you know, this whole concept of free will, like well, you just do whatever you want to do. And it's, it's way more complicated than that. And you, yeah. sometimes you're just trying to get by. And, uh, when you, when you, when you realize that in your own life, you'll have more empathy for others in your life that, um, maybe haven't figured it all that out yet. So I think it's beautifully said, man. Um, all right, brother, last, last rapid fire question for you here. And we'll, we'll leave you hanging on another hard one. Uh, <laughs> what, what trait of yours do you hope that your kids inherit? Oh, man. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Right. <laughs> nap after this. Um, <laughs> traits. I am. Um, You're gonna to have to edit out these pauses as I'm as the gears are are are, are turning. I, I would probably say, I, I'm gonna say my uh, I'm gonna say sense of humor. It's gotten me through. It's been a crutch at times because it, it it's kept me maybe from from really um, processing things because it's been a defense mechanism. I could always. Yeah. Uh, you know, here we, here we go. They, you know, when I was, when I was younger, um, yeah, I, because I was ADD, I, I, I sucked at school. I was really bad at it. And, but if I made somebody laugh, that made me feel clever and smart. And, and, you know, and I'm not talking about like, you know, making farting noises. If I can make an adult laugh as, as a 14 year old, because I said something, uh, witty, right. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, then, that made me feel good about myself. Um, but it's been a huge, uh, it's been a huge way of, of, of breaking down barriers for me. Um, I think in these, these, you know, when you're talking to other people, especially about hard subjects, I've got an episode coming out where, uh, a guy, you know, he uses humor to talk about hard things. And, and I think it's a way to, uh, connect with people, uh, in a, in a, uh, it lowers their their defenses, and you can you can start making connections with people and talking to them um, through humor, and, and still get some some great points across. Oh, I love that, man. I think that's a great that's a great trait for. Um, it's a great, like you said, it's a great defense mechanism. It's a great way to lower barriers. It's a great way to break ice. I mean, it's just a good it's a good quality to a good quality to have. So. Um, well, brother JT, man, thank you for, thank you for your answers to the rapid fire. Thank you for sharing your story. Um, I'm going to give you a, an opportunity here real quick before we, we round the show out to, um, tell people where to find you, how to listen to the podcast, um, social media, all, you know, all that good jazz. And maybe, maybe throw in a couple recommendations of some episodes for people to listen to, uh, if, if they're new to your show, like what would be a couple great ones for folks to dive into first and check out? Sure. Um, well, before I do that. This this is gone. This is awesome. Uh, you guys are podcast. I really just enjoy the conversation. Uh, you're very good at this. Awesome. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, you're really good. Uh, so 
the name of the podcast is like like you said, consequence of habit. You can find that on any of the the podcasting um, platforms. Uh, if you right now we're changing our website. I actually was hitting you up about your Squarespace website. Yeah. Is um, so we I have a website right now of it's called consequenceofhabit.com, but we that will probably not be up for too much longer. It's uh, consequenceofhabit.org because we've gone to the nonprofit side and we are completely rebuilding that. Uh, and as far as episodes, I'm gonna say the the one I'm really proud of, and it's one that's kind of helped inspire um, the direction that we're that we're heading, and I'm just pulling up the actual number of it now. I'm uh, realizing how unfair of a question that is. Cause if somebody put me on the spot and was like, name a couple episodes that people should listen to, I would not be able to <laughs> fire that off. So I apologize for putting you on the spot. <laughs> Last episode. Um, and it's with this guy named Chad and he's the founder of, of living lands and water and he's doing amazing service work and uh, really made me kind of rethink some, some things in my own life and in the direction um, we're going. And then one of the first ones I did, and this was a, it was a heavy, it was a heavy episode. And, and it's with a gentleman, gentleman named Rusty Wiles. Uh, it's firefighter. He's dealing with some PTSD issues. Um, and, you know, really is, it opens up about walking through his own life and, and some of the struggles he was having and, and ways he's trying to make changes. So, uh, that was one of the very early episodes, so I would definitely. Then again, man, those those are, those are hard to pick, right? I know, I mean, man. That's what I'm saying. I, I, as I asked you that, I'm like, God, I'm an asshole. This is a stupid, stupidly unfair question to ask someone. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, well, everyone else opened up their souls to me, but it, uh, I'm gonna you should this. listen to every single one of JT's episodes. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> there you go. I got you back, man. <laughs> uh, well, um, I will have, and, and our listeners know this, but I'll have links to your show, your website, social media, all that in our show notes. Um, and um, obviously attached to everything we post up on social for it. So folks can find you guys that way. But um, anywhere you're listening to this podcast, you of course can listen to Consequence of Habits. So um, please be sure to subscribe, leave a review for it and, and tune into that. But um, Man, truly, thank you so much for uh, for coming on with me today. I've been looking forward to this episode, and uh, it was it far exceeded anything I imagined it was even going to be. So um, we will have to have to get you back, or maybe we can get you to come on and co-host an episode with me with uh, somebody else one day soon. That would be it'd be a lot of fun to have you on. That's, that's it, man. Let's maybe we can co-host a cycling one or something like that. Yeah. That's, well, uh, we'll we'll see about figuring that or get you on the consequence of habit. This is great. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, brother. A big thanks again to JT for joining me on the pod. I was having so much fun there at the end. I forgot to do our normal outro. So um, as you guys know, you can find everything we talked about, links to JT's show, all that good jazz in the show notes or on the episode page at wakedaddrinkrepeat.com. Thank you guys for being a part of the Wake Dad Drink Repeat community. As always, I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. And remember to wake, dad, drink, repeat. Cheers, everyone. Wake Dead Drink Repeat is an independently run podcast that is edited and produced by me, Anthony Palmer. I would love to hear your thoughts on the show. Give us a follow on social media, subscribe to the podcast, rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, or shoot me an email at todaysdad at wakedaddrinkrepeat.com. Thanks for listening.